I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome to Case File 27 of Microscope, the show that examines some of the world's biggest mysteries. This episode we're exploring the truth behind an apparent journey through time, as we talk in depth to a traffic warden that says he discovered a time-travelling car. I phoned up Jeffrey Pinto, a traffic warden who has worked for the last five or so years. Jeffrey claims that some years ago, whilst working his shift, he came across an illegally parked time-travelling vehicle. Instead of giving it a ticket, Jeffrey says that his curiosity got the better of him and instead got inside the car and activated it, sending him on a journey that took him both backwards and forwards through time. I talked to Jeffrey about all of this, but the recording starts with me asking Jeffrey what he enjoys most about his job as a traffic warden. I love the community, I love the walk, and I uh, particularly uh, love how people treat you, weirdly. <laughs> really? Because I guess in a lot of people's minds, being a traffic warden, you run into conflict with a lot of people in how you go about sort of carrying out your duties. Yeah, but they, 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 what people forget is that they treat you very nice at the beginning, hoping that you don't give them a ticket, and I love that. Uh, right. They do treat you very badly when you give them a ticket, but they're so nice to you before you give the ticket that that, I think, compensates for the names that I have been called when I do give them a ticket. And has it just been angry words? Have you been met with violence? What was the worst, um, what was the worst experience you've had trying to give someone a parking ticket? Um, a man who was about 20 stone, big guy, he lifted me up, I slipped out of my shoes. What are you talking about? Your shoes fell off. Uh, he lifted me up, yeah. I came out of my shoes. No, I don't think that's fair to say, because he's lifted you up, your shoes have fallen <laughs> off you. You haven't, you haven't come out of your shoes, your shoes are clearly the, the departing body in this scenario. No, what you don't know, and you know, again, I don't know if this is a podcast where people share secrets, but um, it's very much that. Um, <laughs> yeah, go on. You've got the, some um, secrets to share. Traffic wardens have very heavy shoes, right? Uh, lead lining, steel cap. And so when he lifted me up, my shoes stayed on the floor because this guy was about eight foot uh, two. Right. So when he lifted me up, you came out of your shoes. I came out of my shoes, and his son, his son was about uh, fifteen. Right, took my shoes. And ran down the road. Okay, so the shoes are so heavy that you being picked up means they're left on the floor, but they're easy enough to, to just run off with. And, and lest well, we he... forget, to walk around with on a daily basis as you go about carrying out your duties as a parking attendant. Well, I didn't realise. What did you not realise? Uh, I'm kind of known around the area as being basically the traffic warden you want to get. 
because mm. uh, if you've seen me coming... very heavy shoes. <laughs> it's going to take me about 10 minutes to get to you and give you a ticket. Right. Um, so, you know... What value is there in having these incredibly heavy shoes that limits your mobility to such a huge degree? Uh, well, um, I spend a lot of time on the road, as well as the pavement, and uh, on a number of occasions when I have been... Uh, giving a stationary vehicle a uh, ticket the vehicle has become non-stationary right. and ran over my feet my first day on the job actually i uh, i was trying to give a uh, a bin man a parking ticket because he kept on stopping in the middle of the road yeah yeah but i'm sure uh, they're exempt surely other sort of public services around the town are not required to adhere to the to the same rules that we would when we're parking cars. Well, I didn't know that, and uh, I did right. tell this bin man that he uh, he kept stopping uh, four times. He stopped four times uh, right in the middle of the road. You gave him a ticket for each time he picked up a bin. <laughs> yeah, his right. uh, his boot his boot was wide open. Yeah, and uh, I don't know who the uh, maniacs were that were with him, but they kept jumping out of the van every time every time <laughs> yeah, he stopped sure. and were uh, stealing other people's rubbish <laughs> and recycling <laughs> well one man's rubbish one man's rubbish is another man's gold and yes. I uh, so I gave him four pocket tickets and uh, told him to shut his boot mm. what has happened in your life <laughs> up until now that you've never experienced the notion of refuse and recycling collection where have you been? Uh, well, I've never been awake to see a bin man. Uh, they oh. usually come in the mornings, and uh, I never. My bedroom was always at the back of the uh, back of the house, so I never actually saw what bin men did. Um, it was only when I was sat down at a disciplinary oh. that my boss said, uh, "You can't give bin men fucking parking tickets." Right? Yeah, I think that's probably fair enough. <laughs> and you know, I said to him, "I thought, oh, I thought you no need to swear at me, there, young man." But um, it turns out, it, you know. He had a right to because uh yeah he was bang on i want to get onto the sort of main topic of the mystery but uh were there any other public services you gave parking tickets to ambulances policemen how long did it take you to sort of fully understand the job and uh, surely you're trained in this at the start no they don't train you they you know i remember you know again in the meeting he went he he he, he couldn't even look at me he sat across me at the desk but he went christ almighty i never thought i'd have to explain to a full-grown man <laughs> right, what a yeah. bloody ambulance was. And I, uh, I said to him, well, you don't need to explain to me what an ambulance is, but you do need to explain to me at what point they are not parked. Yeah. And he went, they're exempt. They can do whatever they want. And I went, well, no wonder we need them then, because with ambulance drivers like that, they're going to cause more problems than they're solving. What do you mean? Why, why was that causing more problems? Well, if an ambulance is just driving down the road and then immediately stops, what if I'm driving a car behind and I fly straight into the, uh, the ambulance? Um, if anything, that would actually be good because, you know, I go straight through the windscreen and fly onto, uh, you know, a, a, a bed. Your, your plan is to tailgate an ambulance at such high speed yeah. that when the ambulance breaks, you smash through your car into the back of the ambulance. Yes. I have uh, my 18-year-old uh, niece has just passed her driving uh, test, yeah. and I said to her, look, if, uh, I, I really hope you never get into an accident, but if you do, try and crash headfirst at speed into the back of an ambulance with its back doors open. So, <laughs> and, uh, you know, she uh, she doesn't like me, is the truth, and she, uh, she just kind of said all right and moved on but uh yeah you know again a, a car breaks down what is parking what is a parked car and what is a broken down car 
It's a quandary. It really is a quandary. You know, in the staff room, we have big philosophical, I want to use that word, chats about is that a parked car or is that a broken down car? Is that a car? in In my head, seems quite easy. If the car could move, then it's parked. If it can't, it's broken. Yeah. Uh, correct, and you right. would fit straight in, actually. You'd be a fantastic addition to the uh, chat. Now, I also want to get onto the, the if, if you don't mind, the reason why we got in touch with you for this podcast is that you, uh, in your duties as a traffic warden, came across what? How would you describe it? A, a, a basically a, a time-travelling car? A, a time machine in vehicle form? What did you see? Well, it, you know, I remember the day very clearly. It was a, uh, a bit like the day that we were recording this. Mm. Uh, a beautiful 30 degrees, you know, baking hot, not a cloud in the sky, Pixar sure. blue, you understand what I'm saying? Uh, a nice day. It was a beautiful day, yeah. And I'm uh, I'm walking round and um, I treated myself to a Solero. The, the ice lolly? Yeah, uh, but I'm still doing my job, so, you know, on one hand I've got a Solero, and on the other hand I've got my ticket. Can you can you still fill out tickets with one hand? Well, this was a problem. Um, right. You know, my, my feet are heavy. Yeah, of course. Sorry, I forgot about your lead-lined shoes. <laughs> yeah, nightmare in the summer, must say, must mm. say. But, um, no, look, uh, I remember I passed one window of a... Uh, it, it looked like a... Uh, do you drive? Uh, I do have a licence, but I haven't driven in about 14 years. No need to in a city, is there, really? In my opinion, if you get the bus. And don't have a family. <laughs> well, the... Um... This car, the reason why I ask is because I wondered if you had a car. Mm. This car looked like a, uh, like a, a f- it was a Ford Mondeo, no other way of putting it. Right. Uh, a simple but- saloon, five door, saloon door car. Yeah, but it looked like it'd been modified for the purposes of time travel. Again, I'll say I'll say it again because I don't think you quite picked up on it. And this is the kind of thing that I see when I'm walking around on the cars. It was a five saloon door saloon car. Do you understand what I'm saying? What does that mean? It's got a, it's a car. It's got five doors. Yes. Yeah. But these doors are saloon doors. So they so they were they were they were sort of like wooden flapped doors, like in a cowboy film. It's got five wooden saloon style doors, as if in a western. Yes. On the yes. on what the near side passenger driver's seat, the two rear passenger seats, and also the boot has got a slightly bigger wooden flap system. Yes. Right. Yes. Okay. So it's a it's a it's a Mondeo with saloon doors. It's a five saloon door saloon car. Mad. Fucking mad. Never seen anything like this in my life. Yeah, have you not? And if I worked with someone, I'd have turned to them and said, you ever seen this? But it's a solitary life. So I just mumbled to myself, I haven't seen this before. So you're in front of this five saloon door saloon car. (laughs) And, well, what? You start investigating it? I, I assume it's parked illegally. This thing was parked... The most illegal way I've ever seen a car parked. <laughs> how, how, how do you qualify that? <laughs> it was it was parked uh, on its head. What do you mean? What do you, what, do you, what do you mean by that? It was like <laughs> as if where the front bumper is, it was just vertical upwards, balanced inexplicably on its end. Inexplicably, I can't work this thing out. But it's balanced on its head, on its eyes, on its lamps. Yeah. So you know, strange, curious, and curious. Where's yes. this come from? You know, I look up. There's just the sky. Like I said, beautiful day. So I'm thinking to myself, wow, you know, incredible. Has there been an accident? 
has there been an accident to cause this car to be completely upended? <laughs> yeah. Has there been an accident? Is everyone okay in there? That's that's something you learn, you say. You poke your head in and you go, hello, is anyone okay in there? And because there's saloon doors, I can get in quite easily. Yeah. Now, swing, swing, and I walk in. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I cl- clamber in, because I'm guessing there's quite a height difference, yeah. so you've got to yeah. climb up the whole length well, of, the, of the bonnet. I sit down in the uh, in the seat. What do you mean, sit down? The, the car, if it's balanced on its bumper, surely the seats yes. are all facing downwards into the ground. Yes, they are. So I am now facing uh, the road. Yeah, you see, you, you strap yourself in with a seatbelt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm dangling, yeah, I've got yeah. my seatbelt on. Facing the floor. Facing the floor, facing my, uh, my you know... My partner in crime, the road, the tarmac. <laughs> Is that how you view the road? Yes, 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 yes. Right. Well, I can't do my job without the road, and uh, we can't pay for the roads without my job. It's as simple sure. as that. It's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. Now, it was a beautiful car. It was a bit... Now, the, the thing that threw me slightly... Well, the, the, this wasn't a Tesla, but it had a massive, like, iPad in the middle. It didn't have sure. a uh, driving wheel. It just had a massive iPad. So where the steering column would be, it was just a, a screen, a flat screen and some sort of, you know, touch interface. Yeah, yeah. Now, by this time, because of the... I'm dangling now. The seatbelt is holding me in. I'm dangling, like you know, like a, a, a fly in a web. Anyway, this thing pops up and he's like... Uh, this is on the, on the, yeah. the touchscreen. Uh, yeah, on the touchscreen. It goes, it goes like, you know, where, where do you want to go? Where do you right. want to fly? You're asking me all these questions. I'm like... Futuristic stuff. Futuristic. So Despite I said, having uh, a saloon-style door <laughs> on the side of it. <laughs> this is what it said. It said, where do you want to go? Now, I'd, I'd finished my shift. Uh, I was, it was going to be my last road, as it mm. were. And so I was going to go home after that. So I thought, well, why don't I go home? So uh, I put in uh, my address, yep. uh, 24 uh, Nook Park. Nook Park. And um, it went, OK. And now, this was the problem. This Now, this will all make sense to you once we're at the end and fully know the story, but... <laughs> I, I really doubt that's going to happen. I was a bit... <laughs> but go on. <laughs> you type in your address into this time-travelling car, what happens? You, you press the um, a button and... Um, it asks, well, basically, it went time. It just said time. Yeah. And I went, I don't understand what that means, but uh, I guess, I don't know. I was doing the morning shift. I finished uh, at half past midday, so I just put in uh, 12.30. Yeah. Anyway, next thing I know, blackout. I don't remember much. Travelling through some sort of time vortex as you travel back to, and I'm guessing you say 12.30 time, but it, it put you back at 12.30 the year. It put me back to... So, I was outside my house, mm. but it, so like the address was fine. Yeah. But, well, again, I didn't know what year it was, but apparently it was 12.30. So, and uh, it sounds like you live on quite a historic road then. So, Nook Park, was it, that you said you lived on? Nook Park. Is a road that has existed for the best part of 800 years in this country. Yes. So I get out of the car and I'm thinking to myself, what the hell have I got myself into now? Mm. I go to open my door. Now, they didn't have keys back in 1230. Well, the doors were just open. You just walked in. You've left the car and you're going up to your... You got, got up to where your your house was all these years ago? It still is. It's still there. I, 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 apparently, I lived in a very old house. I didn't know that. Right. But the car also lands like an arrow. This is what I realised. This is why it was... 
face down in the street when I saw it. It propels itself in the air and comes back down at a time of your choosing in the past. Sure. So uh, the car was again parked head first in the sand outside of uh, number 24 Nook Park Road. Yeah. Uh, so I walked in. To your house? Well, it looked very different. It looked, you know, 12.30, they did things differently back then. Do you have a quick uh, rundown of what had changed in your house? Or, I guess, how your house has changed since? Uh, there was a lot of apples on the floor. Uh, there was a goat at the top of the stairs that just stared at me, you know? Proper, like, don't come up here, son. Uh, then in the left was a... Uh, there was a woman who was knitting. There was about eight children running around. And uh, there was a bloke in a bathtub, completely covered in soot, uh, washing his uh, bollocks and uh, biceps. Right. Uh, I thought, I'll leave. <laughs> you'll, you'll leave them to it. <laughs> I'll leave, I'll leave them to it. Did they have any issue with you just walking into their house? Yeah, the, wo- the woman dropped her knitting. Yeah. Uh, the goat fell down the stairs. Uh, the bloke jumped out of the bath and started running towards me. And the children, uh, well, they didn't know what the hell was going on. I ran into the pantry, uh, kitchen area. And it was there that their chef... Their chef? <laughs> well, I don't know if it so, was so, so they're, quite, they're, they're quite a well-to-do family, despite having apples on the floor, and a man covered in soot, washing his bollocks in the same room as his kids. <laughs> imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Um, anyway, so the, the chef uh, kind of, he, he sees me, spots me. He says, quickly, hide, hide in here. Hide in the fridge. Now... You know, twelve thirty fridge. It was a bit different back then. Yeah, it's just a cold room, wasn't it? Yeah, more like just cold room. So I dived in, and uh, the chef—I could hear the chef saying, "Oh no, he—he he must have ran out the back. He must have ran out of the back." And uh, that's when I came out about midnight. The chef uh, spoke to me, and he went, "Well, what do we have here?" And I said, "This is my house." And he went, "Well, you're mad. What are you talking about?" And I said, "I am from the future." And uh, we sat down, broke bread, a uh, bottle of wine, and, uh, you know, I had an extraordinary adventure uh, with him in the car. You took the chef from the year 1230 back into the time-travelling car and went, what, into, into his future or your future? 2,500. Let's see what happens. And, uh, bang, we landed. The, the chef uh, wanted to go to the, um, well... 
the chef uh, knew what the town of London was. I said, well, we could go near there, near the river. I said, we can go there or we could go up to the London Eye. Well, he was like, what's that? It's like it's a Ferris wheel of some kind. You know, anyway, we basically decided enough's enough. I'm taking the chef to Harrods. So we went to Harrods, 2500 AD. And uh, wow, that shop hasn't changed in what will be 600 years. Yes, sure. And were there any differences, given that you travel back and forth between these, these time periods quite excessively, any differences in how your job, uh, being a traffic warden, is carried out? Is that different in the past, different in the future? Well, of course, I uh, I left the chef to a shop in the food court, and my first thought was, I wonder what a traffic warden... I, d- I wonder what the job is like in 2500 AD. Mm. So I went out onto uh, the busy High Street Kensington Road, and uh, it was busy, yes, with people. But of course, you know, as uh, the Jetsons predicted many moons ago, yeah. cars are now in the air. And I bumped into a uh, traffic warden mm. and said, well, how do you police this? And uh, he said to me, well, uh, it's pretty tricky because, because of the lead-lined boots, we can't get up there. And I said, I beg your pardon? He said, because of the lead-lined, heavy, steel-cap boots, we can't get up there, so they can fly off. So they'd, they'd, they'd what, they'd park in mid-air and just, just sort of clamber out? Uh, no, so I actually witnessed this happen. A SUV Jeep uh, parked outside Harrods. Uh, my friend, uh, who was the traffic warden, who I just met, lovely chap, Charles, he went to uh, give the uh, vehicle a parking ticket because uh, a lot of people just think they can park outside of Harrods. Uh, and as soon as they saw him coming, they just flew back up in the air and he couldn't grab them. He, he couldn't grab them. And so I said, well, uh, you know, how do you make a living? And he said he, he doesn't. Quite hard for a traffic warden to give a ticket to, to something that's hovering. Indeed it is. Now, of course, you're given a parking ticket to a, uh, you know, these days you put it on a windscreen wiper. <laughs> uh, but when they're hovering in the sky, you've got to kind of get them uh, underneath. You understand? Right, you, um, you apply the tickets to the bottom of the car because that's the bit you can reach easily. Yes. Now, the excuses that are constantly used are that, well, if you put it there, I can't see it. And yeah. a lot of uh, parking t- you know, if you stand uh, in the future looking up, a lot of cars driving past you, you'll just see thousands and thousands of parking tickets because right. they just go, well, I, I can't see it because when I park up at home, people don't live in the sky, uh, I don't know it's there. And it's a fair, it's a fair point. So, yeah. uh, basically... You need people to get taller. I think that would help. Uh, you yeah, also or, or need to not uh, wear these giant steel lead-lined shoes. Well, that would help too. Of course, that would help too. Uh, you need people maybe with, with longer arms or maybe just bigger tickets. There was an initiative brought in that the tickets uh, should be about I don't know about fifty foot long. Right. Uh, you know, almost like a long receipt. Uh, again, that didn't get much traction, and everyone booed Charles because everyone hates him because he's a traffic warden. So some things, some things, some things don't change in the future. Some things do change, and some things don't change. It's as simple as that. And could you just give us a quick sort of snapshot of what things were sort of massively different in the future compared to what we might, you know, expect now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you know, uh, football, for example, a football stadium can hold upwards of 200,000 people. Yep. Uh, there are five footballs on the pitch, right. and when the game finishes, uh, the pitch goes up in half like a uh, book. 
It then goes down into the ground. It just folds up. Folds up, and you better be off that pitch quick, otherwise uh, you're going to be stuck in there till the next weekend's games. Why does it do that? Why does it do that? Uh, uh, <laughs> that's a great question. You weren't you weren't you weren't a lot round there long enough. <laughs> no, I was moving. Did you get? Did you experience how having five balls on the pitch at once changes the flow of the game? It does change the flow of the game extremely. Uh, right. Uh, there are a lot more goals, and uh, there are a lot more injuries. <laughs> why? 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 What is the? What is the injury rate increase? Um, well, uh, you know, you're chasing one ball, and then another ball smacks you in the head. I see. Right. So it's purely ball-to-head injuries that I guess will be increased if you increase the number of balls on the pitch. Yeah, yes. Most injuries are the ball going into uh, you know private areas, face. So a lot of dental issues, a lot of eyes, black eyes. Uh, mm. One bloke had his brain knocked out. Horrible, horrible no, business. Had his brain knocked out. Knocked out. Yeah. Uh, terrible. On oh, the pitch. Uh, on the pitch, and yeah. somebody thought it was a football, and they continued oh, to play God. with the brain. Right. Tragic. Uh, tragic story uh, you know chicken legs are the same they look like chicken legs oh sorry, sorry we're, we're moving on to chicken legs are we uh, so that's football how have chicken legs changed no they haven't not at all you go to a right. kids party sorry. those uh, are one of the things that haven't changed so, so football is sort of somewhat different chicken legs are the same in the future right? yeah they're the same uh, Big Ben is now uh, digital completely digital of course um, and the uh, in the future cars are of course cars are in the air uh, you don't buy uh, books don't have covers anymore uh, people have got rid of book covers it's just right, books just, now just the, the pages just start just the pages they've got rid of the covers which I found strange illuminating and uh, weirdly beautiful although it is a nightmare looking for a book that you want in a bookshop because yes. there's no spine or cover to judge <laughs> well, it off it's just the so, glue um, and the pages just the glue and the pages so the only way you know what book you want uh is by knowing how many pages it has and then roughly guessing what you, you know what are you what are uh, you talking about what are you talking about well you're not going compu- to surely quote- most books have between four or five hundred pages you, you're telling me you're going around a bookshop in the future comparing the width of the spine of every book to get a vague idea of that's the one you're after and I will be on it to quote the quite rude uh, book uh, lady in the uh, in the um, bookshop of the future. Uh, when I said, you know, for God's sake, how do I find what book I want? She went, well, you're not going to confuse the width of uh, the twits with War and Peace, are you? No, sure, no, sure. But but to be fair to yourself here, and I'm sure you probably said this to her, they're they're very polarised examples. That's what I said to her. I said, well, uh, excuse me, I, I'm not going to go to the kids section. As she said, we've got rid of the sections. Right. I don't know who you are, where you're from, but we don't do sections anymore. We don't sure. uh, uh, judge a book by uh, its cover because they yeah. don't have them. And we've got rid of genres. There are no genres anymore. So you just got to go and find your own book. And yeah. I just thought, well, uh, uh, did you look around? <laughs> bookshop and see how the other customers were faring with this uh, this new regime. I guess growing up with it, they were all used to it. There was a chap there just browsing. He said, I'm just browsing. I'm like, well, we're all just browsing, aren't we? Yeah, and, he went, uh, and he went, oh, well, what I like about it is that you put your hand in the shelf and you never know what's going to come out. You know, I thought, this is a very high-pressured world that I don't want to be a part of. Sure, and how, and how long were you in the future? I spent a week at Charles's house. This is the other traffic warden. Yeah, I spent a lovely week with Charles in his very modern home. Mm. Uh, no windows, because they tax windows now. Do they? Uh, yeah, so he, he said... Uh, what do you have? Uh, just like peepholes that you've got indoors. What? 
So he's got, you know, like a peep oh, hole so you've got in a door. <laughs> yeah, he'd have that in the wall. He's got about 40 of those around his house, yes. Right, so just poke, poke his eye and look at a cloud. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, any, other, any other changes? Uh, well, he's got a drone uh, that is now a pet. Pets are now drones. What sort of behavioural characteristics does, does it does it approximate? Is it like a bird? Is it like a dog? How does it react and respond around the home environment? Uh, well, uh, I watched Charles's drone. Uh, it it kind of banged against my door, trying to get my attention every morning. So in that way, it was like a cat. It stayed very a bit like a fly. You know, we're banging against the window. Are flies pets? Uh, <laughs> well, well, I don't I mean. I don't know. I think we're getting off on a tangent here when we probably should be discussing the mechanics of being a traffic warden far out in the future. No, no, it does, it does, it does link in because I remember looking at the drone and I, I said to Charles, I said, um, Charles, you know, in many ways, when I was back in my job, uh, you know, in the early uh, 2000s as a traffic warden, we all thought that drones would be the future and take our jobs. Mm-hmm. And he said to me, well... It hasn't happened yet. And then we looked at uh, his pet name uh, was uh, Tabitha. Tabitha the drone. Yeah. yeah. And we looked at Tabitha, and then I looked back at Charles, and I said, uh, are you thinking what I'm thinking? Mm. And he looked back at me and went, she needs feeding? And I went, well, yeah, I suppose yeah. so. So we uh, we plugged her in. But then after a while, I said, Charles, I, that wasn't actually what I was thinking earlier. How about we attach you to the drone and you can fly up there? Because so your, your, your plan to sort of get Charles up to an elevation where he could sufficiently give parking tickets... I said, we need to attach you to that drone and have you flying in the air with nothing on your feet. Yes. He said, well, I don't think, the, I don't think Tabitha will be able to take my weight. And I said, well, we need to go down and get a new pet. So we went down to the uh, rescue, the drone rescue shop. The drone rescue, right, I see. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Where they've, yeah. they've got lots of abandoned drones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, there, there's some that are absolutely banging at the window to see you. Scary thing. Big old uh, Great Dane drone, like the size of a uh, bloody tank, banging right. on a window. And I said, Charles, that's what you need. So they've, got all, they've got personalities. They've got almost like artificial intelligence inside them to, to make them, you know, respond. Like. Their personality is mainly banging on with on windows right, and walls. I mean, that's all they do, really. Yeah. They either sit in the middle of the room or they bang against the window. Yeah. But I, this Great Dane drone, I said, yeah. Charles, you need that. That's the size of a tank, and you can fly up and you can get as many tickets as you want with that sure. fucking thing. Look at it. It's banging against... That glass is thick, you know? I mean, I thought, Christ. Now, this thing, I mean, wow. Imagine taking a Great Dane for a walk. That thing's walking you. This mm. drone was walking us. Yes. We were... We, it was on a lead, but that didn't do much. We, we were... It, it was... <laughs> on a lead? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we're not letting it go off. It doesn't know well, where it... This, this, this thing is the size of a tank. Huge. Like a little panzer kind of thing. So, uh, I, uh, I, uh, I said to Charles, well, I don't know, do you want to get on its back and fly high? And uh, he said, sure. So, uh, he got on and... Um, well, that was the last we saw of Charles. <laughs> I see, was it? <laughs> he, um, he never came back, sadly. sadly. Uh, last, time, uh, last time he was seen flying over the, uh, over the Atlantic. But, but I remember thinking, well, I'm going to get the blame here, without doubt. 
So I went back to his house and I got his things in order. And uh, I thought he, he must be remembered in some way. But is, is there a way I can remember him but, like, pre-remember... You know, like you know, like in Minority Report when you arrested someone before they committed yeah, the let, crime. Let's, let's not bring into yet more confusing aspects. What you're saying is that you want to remember this friend of yours that you've developed, but you're going to go back into the past. Yes, how do you remember right. someone who hasn't existed yet? Well, I think it's the same principle, it's just slightly different language. <laughs> if your, your, your personal sense of time isn't going to be reverted or inverted, you're just going to go back to where you came from. <gasps> if only things were that easy! Right. This is going to sound ridiculous to you. <laughs> is it? I couldn't, for the life of me, remember where I'd parked the bloody car. <laughs> yeah. I just couldn't remember, you know. I was having this fun with Charles, I was going to Harrods. Anyway, I finally remembered. And, um, well, would you would you have it? I'd got a parking ticket. <laughs> Had you. Now, I've never got a parking ticket before, you know. Who's given me this ticket? I got in the car, I uh, opened the envelope. Now, most tickets aren't in envelopes, so that was a strange one. And why was that? It was from Charles. He said, don't worry, this ticket is null and void, but I just wanted to leave you a message. You taught me many things in your brief stay with me, but it was mainly that I felt trapped by not just the boots, but by the job. I have found love, and with the help of the Great Dane, Drone, the great Jane Drone. <laughs> yeah. I have uh, flown to America, where I hope to start a new life. Good luck in whatever you do, and remember, keep parking. And I, uh, I wept uncontrollably. Uh, I'd met a friend, I'd saved his life, some might say. Uh, I typed in the year back to where I wanted to go, back to my house, and when I landed there, I, uh, well, I wept again. Again, I, I won't lie to you, I wept again. I uh, got out of the car, the saloon doors, where well, I fell out, really, uh, and I went to bed. And, well, I mean, I feel emotional telling you that story because um, it's the first time I've ever really, uh, ever really opened up about it. Charles, uh, of course, isn't born yet. Um, he won't be born for another uh, 440 years. But um, I hope to one day maybe meet him again in this life or the, uh, or the next. Yes, well, fingers crossed. Well, Jeffrey Pinto, thank you very much for joining us. I appreciate you uh, listening to me, and uh, remember, kids, keep parking. Well, that's what we've got time for. This episode was researched by John Kearns and edited by Matt Ewins. Sound effects were added by Ben Williams, and the theme tune is by Nikki Green. Next week is our penultimate episode for a little while at least, but it should prove to be very interesting. I get to the bottom of allegations that a horse race trainer was using a centaur to cheat races. But until then, remain vigilant, and catch you next time on Microscope. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.